Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. This week we present part two of the interview with veteran CICD and community activist, photographer and archivist John Ellis, recorded at the end of 2013. Today, John will talk about his political and working life in the media and visits to the US and Cuba, and more about the history of the peace movement in Australia. I've often wondered where I got my first lesson in politics, and I think I can go back to the beginnings of the Second World War. I remember living in Port Melbourne and a couple of men came along, started putting signs up on uh, light poles that was reading sheepskins for Russia, our brave allies in Russia. And I thought, this is strange, who are these people? And um, I was asking my parents about it and they told me who they were and they were rather sympathetic to them, I dare say, living in Port Melbourne. Many years later, when I joined the South Melbourne City Brass Band, we used to play on Anzac Day. We would be leading one of the regiments through the city to the shrine. After that, we were invited, the band was invited back to the RSL uh, in South Melbourne for drinks. And that was very convivial. What did surprise me, though, was that during the proceedings there, an officer started talking through the microphone about the danger that we've now facing even after we've just been through this terrible war with the uh, Germans and the Japanese we now had another enemy on the horizon and I couldn't believe it that they were going to start talking about another war after having said what all these things were and he said yes it's those Russians we're going to have to stop them at some stage And I'm thinking, well, these were our brave allies not so long ago. What's going on here? Uh, John, I would like to ask you about your involvement in peace movement and activities that you have been involved since 1945 when you started your apprenticeship and you completed it in 1950. So would you like to talk to us about that? I'm not sure how I got into the printing industry except that a friend of mine had to see his father, who was working in the age composing room. He asked me to go along with him while he spoke to his dad. This was when the age was in Collins Street. We got up to the fourth floor and we walked through these swinging doors and I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. It was a composing room with about ten minutes to go to addition time and all hell was breaking loose. There's men running everywhere and talking and screaming and yelling and, and then there were all these funny machines clackering away there, and these were linotypes. For whatever reason, I became fascinated with these machines and uh, turning out all these letters and uh, books and articles and um, because in, when I grew up in my house, there was only two books, and one of them was the Bible and the other one was um, Bernard O'Reilly's 
um, green mountains are going to count of a plane going down in Queensland. But anyway, uh, so I became uh, an apprentice and um, stayed in this place in South Melbourne, City Road, South Melbourne, for six years. You can train a brain surgeon in six years, but why they had to do it to become a linotype operator, I don't know. I can just think there was a, uh, a nice way of getting a bit of money out of kids. 1951, after I'd finished my apprenticeship, my sister had gone to the United States. She married a, a seaman and um, I wanted to see her, but I also uh, was a great jazz lover in those days, still am. I wanted to visit her and just see how she was getting along. And um, so in those days, the only way to travel was by ship, of course. And a great experience that was. And I went right around the world by ship. But, yes, yeah, stayed with my sister for six months. Her husband got me a job as a builder's labourer. I worked on a building site right through the snowing season. And um, nothing to do with printing. I couldn't get a job as a printer or as a typesetter. Mainly because once they heard you starting to talk, they knew I was young and I was travelling and they didn't want to employ somebody like that. Earned enough money to travel around the country and uh, I travelled by Greyhound bus in those days and uh, from coast to coast, listening to jazz as I went and um, just seeing how things were. One of the saddest things that I remember in living with them was that this was the period in 1951 when Joseph McCarthy was riding high and uh, all the trials were on television. Conscious then of there was something phony about the United States and the foreign policy and things like that. That was rather difficult. And that was probably one of the first awakenings I had that there was something wrong with foreign policies in different countries. And um, so I started taking a bit more notice. I learned a lot at a very early age. And uh, in 1955, you started work at the Herald and uh, Weekly Time Limited. During that time, you became a shop steward. It was actually, I think it was 1956 when I actually started there. I remember it because it was the time of the Olympic Games. On a Saturday, the Herald put a supplement inside the Herald and this was to do with the Olympic Games and the Russian team that was coming. And, of course, the Herald, uh, it was even more rabid right-wing in those days as it is today, if you can imagine that. They're writing stories about how the Olympians had been told that not to be hoodwinked by the fact that there were all these cars being driven around because they'd been given to the people who were driving them to show the Russians how well off we were. That wasn't the case, of course. I stayed there in the composing room working on the Herald and um, until 1960, I think it was. And as you say, I became a shop steward during that time. The Herald, with all its faults editorially, it was a, a good employer, I have to say that. There was always compassionate leave given without any question. They kept up our wages, really. The chapel fund kept it going, and also the Herald meant that... I mean, I was off for six weeks with a broken wrist. I never lost a penny during that time. And they had their own medical centre, and um, so I never, ever queried their operation with the union, except we did have one big strike when over new technology... And that came a few years later. In the meantime, 
I'd started writing many letters to the editor of the Herald and Weekly Times and also to other uh, smaller newspapers around um, our area in Moorabbin. I would never hesitate in telling the Herald what I thought about their editorial comments. They had a particularly bad right-wing journalist there, Dennis Warner, I used to attack quite often. There were occasions when I actually got one printed, but so I, I realised that I wasn't getting too many done as many as I'd like. So I sent the original to the managing director and also copies to the editors of various publications that the Herald uh, was producing. So I knew that someone was going to read it at the top. I'd get back a, a response from uh, the managing director's secretary saying, thank you, your comments have been noted. And this is all I'd ever get, you see. Anyway, it was my turn to uh, be presented with my, with my gold watch. Six employees from all over the company's subsidiaries. We went in to be presented with our 25-year watch to Sir Keith McPherson. Uh, he was going to make the presentation. When my turn came... I went into the middle of the room and uh, Sir Keith grabbed my hand and shook it and dragged me in very close and he said, I've always wanted to meet the bastard who's been sending me these shitty letters. So anyway, there was a big smile about between the two of us. And um... I'd like to ask you about your trip to Cuba in 1996. I'm a supporter of Cuba since the revolution. I was in, in 1960, I was in New York uh, living with my sister and um, the, the media had just gone berserk. They, they couldn't believe that right, uh, you know, a short distance across the sea there, there was a country that had managed to um, break the connection with capitalism in that whole South American continent. And uh, they, they just wanted Cuba to be wiped out of the, off the face of the earth. So I, that's when I became uh, terribly interested in Cuba but it wasn't until 1996 that I uh, finally went with the Australia-Cuba Friendship Society Work Brigade to uh, Cuba and I stayed there for a month uh, travelling around and uh, interviewing people and looking and so fake taking many photographs, of course. There was nothing quite like the experience of getting a plane out of Cuba and within an hour and a half putting myself down in the middle of Boston uh, to see the differences in the people and how they operated and lived. There were things there that I wasn't quite happy with, but for them to take on the United States and, and since 1958, I think it was. That's right. And the, the economic sanctions against Cuba, of course they will have a lot of problem because it's not easy to have economic sanctions on you for, for that long. Other countries were prevented from also dealing with Cuba. I mean, that was. I mean, if they pulled, if ships pulled in into Cuba from a, another country, um, they would put on a blacklist, and uh, they weren't allowed port facilities in the United States. And this had an enormous impact on the 
a little country like Cuba. Yes, uh, certainly. It has been a difficult time for Cuba. You have been doing a lot of uh, volunteer work for International Bookshop and Melbourne University archiving and uh, for CICD in um, 1990s and again since um, last year. Excellent uh, archiving work, uh, keeping all the historical material for um, CICD. So how has, has it been for you? Well, it started off in 1990 when I retired from the Herald. So after uh, the Vietnam War was concluded... The various groups, we were very fortunate during the war in Vietnam in as much that it was the one big issue and you could organise suburban groups, all had their own little input into uh, the bigger organisation like CICD. Instead of today, perhaps, when the world seems to be taken with huge number of of issues and uh, to try and organised into one big helpful group is, is very difficult. But in those days, um, after the Vietnam War, many of us went straight into the anti-nuclear debate, uh, or struggle, I would prefer to call it. It was more an issue of whether we wanted nuclear annihilation at the press of a button, or we were going to slow the whole thing down. And... Um, This was at the time when the movement against uranium mining uh, came to the fore and they were leading a lot of the uh, battle against nuclear energy as well as nuclear war. And so I became involved in that and my photography started uh, moving away from the military side of things to uh, the so-called peaceful activities of the nuclear industry. I moved into uh, all sorts of areas that I hadn't been into before. I became very much involved with academics uh, who I had never had any uh, connection with at all. Uh, As a working-class kid coming from Port Melbourne and Albert Park, my education stopped at the age of 15 and uh, I'd never been inside a university in in my life and... um, I found myself mixing with all these people and meetings at universities, and that was an interesting period. Thank you very much, John, for your time today. We hope you will join us this afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Unitarian Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne, to celebrate John's life and his achievements. Now, just another reminder about the Black Mist White Rain Speaking Tour 2016 will be in Melbourne on Tuesday the 5th of April at 6pm and it will be held at the Dill Hall 26 Terry Street, Melbourne. For further details, email Jem Rommeld on gem at icanw.org.au. Thank you for listening to Alternative News from Community Radio Station 3CR. I'm Romina Betsin, looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.